the June Joust has a champion. After falling 3-1 down, the Shanghai Dragons won three straight games in the series by forcing a shift in what appeared to be a solved meta. Today, we are going to be discussing their championship run and more. My name is Zach, and you are listening to the God Awful Gaming Podcast, where the worst talk about the best. I'm joined by my co-host, Sabine. Sabine, any initial thoughts on this past weekend? Well, I think just like the other tournament, it sure was a doozy. Uh, I think we saw a lot of expected and also unexpected things happen. Obviously, as you alluded to, Shanghai came out of seemingly nowhere and (laughs) swept the tournament. Um, But I also think that uh, we had a lot of really interesting, uh, you know, earlier matches as well. Uh, you know, sadly, NYXL had a had a little bit of a rough time this season, or this tournament. They they got to the tournament, which like they should be commended on to begin with. So good job NYXL. Um, but they didn't win a map, like at all. They got three would each time, uh, and that's you know, feel a little bad for them. I think they need to just continue to sort of refine their their talent. Um, but I thought Atlanta was really, really interesting at the beginning. I think overall the tournament was just like the entire season so far. Uh, really interesting, pretty unpredictable, um, and just some great overwatch. I, I know your pickums are kind of in shambles, at least with the uh, finals, because I believe you did pick Dallas to win. I did pick Dallas to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I haven't even looked to be perfectly just, honest don't even want check, my, yeah. where my i'm like i know i got points for all the other matches because i mm-hmm. like successfully predicted every other match mm-hmm. um i don't know if like to the degree of the maps i could probably pull it up like right now but that's a lot of work um <laughs> but yeah no my my pickums for the last match i was like actually out for a drink when uh the match was going on i had to watch it afterwards mm-hmm. um but i got a text from you that was just like oh my god or i don't remember exactly what it said and i was like out with friends who i hadn't seen in like two years i was like i'm really sorry i need to go look up uh (laughs) the results of this esports game it's really important and so then when i when i went on and saw i was like what even what even happened here Mm -hmm. uh and then finally when i went back i was like wow that was pretty crazy yeah, no, I think it was definitely crazy. I think returning uh, to your earlier point about the New York Excelsior, yeah, I they definitely didn't, I think, look like they belonged. I'm glad they made it, but I don't think they were very strong. They were still trying to trying out some weird comps, I think, for their runs. Though I do think versus the Dragons, they were going for just straight Lucio Moira, Winston. But, you know, it didn't work out for them in the end. Uh, but I wanted to get your opinion on the rain, because I know that you liked you liked them a little more than I did going into this tournament. What what do you think was their downfall? Um, I, I thought that, like, they even, even though they didn't get the result that they wanted per se, I thought that they did still have a pretty strong uh, showing. Like, obviously they won... Um, you know the the is it semifinals i guess or yeah i think it's semifinals so their first match uh against uh it was the nyxl correct yeah the yeah. the first semifinal was dallas versus shanghai 
And yes. then NYXL versus Atlanta. Thank you for helping my memory. Yeah, I, I thought that that match, they, they looked, you know, obviously strong. They 3-0'd NYXL. Um, I think that they're sort of, they're trying to play what they think the meta is. Uh, they're playing, obviously, a lot of double shield. Um, uh, but they're also still running that sort of dive with the Winston. I think they're just trying out what they see other teams are doing and trying to perfect that. Uh, because I think the components of Atlanta has been has been doing really well, um, particularly their DPS line. Like I think their uh, DPS are all really strong. What surprised me the most was they were really playing Edison on uh, the Reaper uh, through the tournament. And, you know, it makes sense. Edison's very familiar with Reaper. Um, and so obviously they're not going to play Kai because they wanted Pelican on the Echo. Um, but I, I don't know if that was the greatest choice. I know it was the meta choice to play Reaper, but Edison hasn't seen the same sort of playtime that like Kai and Pelican and just generally like how the DPS have been, uh, the, the rotations have been circling. And so I think I don't know if Edison like cracked under the pressure per se, but I think he had a little bit of a rough time sort of adjusting to, uh, you know, that high level of, of gameplay because even going into, you know, the, the qualifiers for the tournament, like they were still really heavily playing Kai. Um, so I, I don't know like how much it hurt them. I, you know, I don't think Edison's a bad player by any means. I think he's a great Reaper. I just don't know if he was able to sort of, you know, they, uh, obviously they got knocked out by Shanghai and I, I think going up against, uh, Shanghai and having, uh, Lip and Flutter, uh, <laughs> going against you, I don't know if you're really going to be able to sort of play the, the Reaper to the same degree. I think overall Atlanta shouldn't be disappointed. I think they, they showed that they're still a strong team. I just, I don't know if this was the meta for them. I agree. I think they were they were strong, but it wasn't it just wasn't enough. Uh and you know, I think double shield will be interesting to see. I think without with especially with Zenyatta back and somewhat with Tracer, but I, I doubt they'll play like a, a tracer double bubble or double barrier, excuse me. Anything else on the NOXL or the Atlanta Rain? Um other than the fact that you last week your hot take opinion was that NYXL is going to win the uh, the whole series, I stand by it. I stand by it. <laughs> I I, I totally. Was. I actually didn't. I say the Shanghai Dragons were going to win. Actually, after that fact, I was like NYXL, I but I'll need to double check. I will. I will post it in the the comments of where we post this <laughs> if I was correct or not. But yes, <laughs> I, um, but hot takes. I, I don't think that, I think all the teams, like, I think Atlanta and the NYXL should be proud of what they put forward. I think, you know, we're going to talk about Dallas and Shanghai in a second here. Um, but I think going against two teams of those caliber who I think were, I think we have a very strong chance of seeing them in the future tournaments, as well as just generally, I have a high, I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see Shanghai and Dallas in the overall playoffs. Uh, in September, so I, I don't really think these teams should beat themselves up too much about their losses. I think the fact that they showed so much fight um, 
shows that I I think they're really fantastic teams. You know, just hyping up Atlanta just for another second here. You know, the the 3-0 against Shanghai doesn't really tell the whole story. I was uh, reminding myself and skimming through it uh, before we started recording. Um, and it was close. Like, every match was close. It just Shanghai was able to edge it up a little bit more. So, yeah, those are my final thoughts. I think it was good. Right. I mean, in going going back to what you just mentioned about them being in the overall playoffs, I think if Shanghai, I don't think Dallas would qualify. But if Shanghai wins the summer, gosh, the summer showdown, uh, if they win that overall, they actually automatically qualify, even if they lose the rest of the season. So I think that's something interesting to think about that, just the that's fact gonna that be super interesting very early i i don't believe dallas will still because of how strong the shock and the la gladiators have been in just the regular season and a couple other teams being very close you know being you know being six two being five three even so i dallas i think will make it but it's not exact it's, it's exactly not in, there assured to the same degree that it is for shanghai Right, yeah. But actually, okay, well, now going past the Atlanta Rain and the NYXL, I do want to mention, I think, the story for both of these teams. I think it's really interesting to see how dominant Dallas V were going up to the finals, which granted, we have to think about that their qualifiers to get there are even more difficult than what the Shanghai Dragons had to do. Since they had to first face the Outlaws, then the LA Gladiators, then Shanghai again, and then the Atlanta Reign. But they were undefeated through all that, only dropping one match in each series, if at all. And the Shanghai Dragons didn't really look very good. I mean, especially in that first map. Winning, I think they, they beat... Who did they beat to qualify? The Soul Dynasty? I don't know on the top of my head. I think it was the Soul Dynasty. I'll need to double check that. Losing to Dallas, 03. But interestingly enough, and I think we'll talk about this in a little bit, not running the mirror comp except for the Winston uh, ball switch. Uh, and then 3-0-ing the NYXL, 3-0-ing the Atlanta Reign, and then going like 3-1 down in the finals. I think that's probably the most interesting thing of the Shanghai Dragons run is that they only found themselves in this meta in the last three games what do you what do you think sabine um yeah i completely agree i think um last season like you know the 2020 season shanghai like barely barely lost the whole time and obviously we didn't have regional tournaments like this um but shanghai like dominated apac last year um, and I'm not really surprised that they're dominating APAC right now. Uh, I was looking to see if I could find who uh, Shanghai played um, to qualify. I don't think, I don't, I think it was, it, yeah, it was Seoul. Um, so I think seeing Shanghai dominate APAC hasn't been surprising. Um, what I think was really impressive overall was, yeah, they they didn't look particularly strong against Dallas. Um, but I don't think that's because they aren't a strong team against Dallas. I think it was that APAC 
has had a very slow understanding of where the metas are and they've usually been like one step behind i think we talked about this last week actually um they've been a little bit slow to get to this understanding of the meta and so i think they came into you know the the tournament going against dallas with their meta or what they were doing with the meta um and dallas was just better (laughs) like dallas had been you know running through NA with this meta, continuing to be strong, even even without a hit scan. Um, but I think what really showed Shanghai's sort of continued dominance and why they're the, one of the te- top teams in the league is that they took that game to learn sort of what NA was going to bring and then, you know, beat the NXL because it was, you know, that wasn't partic- going to be particularly hard for them. Uh, beat Atlanta because uh, they that's when they really started playing this sort of adapted um, meta uh, with sort of the ball diva weird little comms that they had going on there. Um, they adapted that after the Dallas game and beat Atlanta with it and then went on to, you know, still struggle against Dallas because I think Dallas is a fantastic team. Um, but because it was a map seven situation, they actually did have the time to sort of find their footing, pick up on the mistakes that Dallas was making and, you know, bring in this sort of new meta and redefine what they wanted to play. Um, and, and, you know, end up beating Dallas with it. Uh, and I think that's really interesting because when you look at these two teams, um, I think they're both doing a similar thing of taking what they think the meta is and then when they're going up against opponents who either have a better understanding of the meta or can play the meta better, um, adapting it to what works for their team. And so they were like, well, you know, I don't know if we're going to beat Fearless in that head-to-head, uh, you know, monkey duel, uh, but Fate's got a great uh, ball. And so they were like, let's just run Fate on ball. And you know what? It worked because they were willing to adapt and willing to, you know, support that. And I think... I think Dallas does that too. I just think that Shanghai was able to find the the upper edge a little bit more this time. Yeah, I did find it very interesting that in the first semifinal that Dallas and Shanghai played, they had Fleta on Soldier and Lip on Torb, or it might have been Switch, I, I don't exactly remember, but on Attack too on Volskaya. And I just, I was thinking at the time, because they were also running, like, I think they were running, like, Brig, Moira. And I think they just had really hoped that the mobility of Ball, plus, like, Torb, and, like, Brig's just ability to stop pushes, especially the dive from the Winston, from Fearless's Winston, would, like, just force that shift into the meta. So I'm... I, I wish we could go into the thought process of like the coaches of I believe it's Void is the coach for the Shanghai Dragons. I don't know for sure. No, Void is the team. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. I apologize uh, to Void, though he is a great diva. Uh, but I think that what, what, what do you think is the key aspect to what made the ball work over the Winston? Because especially, I mean, we saw on Junkertown that the Dallas, we called Fearless on Wrecking Ball, which I thought was a bitch strange. Especially since 
it wasn't working. I, I don't think Winston was working, but I don't know if Fearless on Wrecking Ball was the answer. Yeah, I think that's where you sort of really started to see Dallas struggling. Um, Dallas is very comfortable at running. I was going to say like Winston dive, but they're just really comfortable running Winston. Doesn't really matter who else is playing. If they've got Fearless on Winston, they're going to have a great time. Um, so long as the meta allows that. Um, and when they're not, when, you know, other teams figure out how to deal with that Winston, um, you're going to, you're going to see them struggle a little bit. And so switching over to the ball was probably, I would think an attempt to sort of deal with, um, you know, sort of mirror a little bit more sort of, they're picking up what's Apex doing, sort of taking little pieces here and there. Um, but I think it really, really showcased the fact that Dallas is very comfortable playing a high pace, uh, you know, sort of movement. Whereas, because your monkey can sort of be hopping in and out and in and out. And while Ball has that mobility, uh, I think pushes with Ball have to be a lot more timed and a lot more thought out. Uh, and they're not going to be sort of a constant aggression. It has to be a little bit more more methodical. Um, and so I think that, you know, the ball wasn't quite working. It's not like they could really go to a double shield meta because, you know, maybe double shield would have been really good, but they don't have the components at the moment to play a double shield comp. So um, that's, I think they're, they need to find what their other options are and get comfortable with other things. And, you know, maybe this time they just couldn't adapt as quick. Um, by the way, it's Moon who currently... Uh, that is it. It's Moon is the head coach for the, the Dragons. Moon is the head coach for the Dragons. Head coach. I, I'll eventually get it. <laughs> no, I'll, I, I will say that doing this podcast and then, I mean, just our friendship with the Overwatch League has made it a lot easier to know the names of players on each team's like I'll, I'll i'll tell you now i did not know most apac teams and now i i know at least probably half of players on each team uh and so i think eventually maybe by episode 15 i'll i'll have all of the uh, i'll have all the the coaches too so we'll see how that goes yeah i can name <laughs> like maybe four coaches yeah, I, I mean, if they all played for the shock at one point, it was for me, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can, I can name the shock coaches that are really good and Moon. Uh, so, woo! Uh, I totally agree. I'm the big one for me is player names. Like, mm -hmm. I'm APAC, APAC for sure. Like, learning. Interest, sorry, this is a super side note, but I thought it was a really interesting fun fact because I was going through Liquipedia uh, doing some research for this one. Uh, and did you know the makeup of the player base of Overwatch this season is 57% Korean? That is surprisingly low in a Korean played game, I will admit. I thought it was so interesting because I thought it, I thought it was going to be lower. I thought like I didn't think it was going to be over 50%. Um, and then when I looked at the list of all of the Korean players, I was like, oh yeah, I guess they're like a lot of Korean players, uh, even on the NA team. So really when we talk about APAC and NA, it doesn't really matter because it's really technically all just Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, you don't, you don't follow StarCraft like I do, uh, but StarCraft 
for years, the top players, even if you go to the top 50, was, you know, 45 players were Korean. So I, I, I will say, I mean, I think Siegel predicted it, that it was going to be Korean dominated, but, you know, what's to say? Very interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit, da- a little bit more about Dallas, though, mm-hmm. because course. I think, I think this. We'll talk about storylines in a second, but I think the storyline of Dallas just keeps getting more and more interesting. Um, you know, we we kind of talk about how um, Dallas has like this anime protagonist storyline, and I think this loss just adds to it slightly more. You can you can tell that the players on that team have such a high drive and they want to win so badly and they're going to fight to the last moment to do it. That's why, you know, <laughs> the last, the grand finals of the Dream Joust went the way that they did with a, a 4-3. Um, I think what... I, I think it's going to not only this loss will not only sort of set up those storylines even more, but I think it's going to make those players more motivated. And, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's unheard of to see Dallas come back for the summer showdown and have a rematch against Shanghai and win. Like, I think that's very much so within their ability. And I think that they're going to use, you know, their schedule and use their practice uh, to their fullest to sort of get that in. And I also think that going forward, uh, Dallas is going to be interesting because I think they're finally going to bring in Pine, uh, especially if we look like we're going to have a hit scan meta next. So I think that'll be super exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'll be curious to see. I, uh, though I'm curious, I remember, did you watch, did you see the Widow duel that they had, like the the Widow show match? Um, I didn't get all of it, but I did see Lip, uh, Lip versus, uh, I'm going to pronounce it horrible, but Guang Boon, um, which it I thought was absolutely cracked. If I do who, so say so. Like, and this is why, like, <laughs> just going back to NYXL for a moment, like NYXL should be incredibly proud because like, they're a good team. They have amazing components. I think they just sort of like need to refine the, the better, the more details around it. But like. Yeah, seeing that Widow Duel, I was like, wow, you really forget when they're on teams that, like, don't win all the time, like, how good the individual players are. Um, And just, you know, they can all shine a light to each other kind of thing. Yeah, could you imagine if Ons was, like, on the Guangzhou charge or something? I just, you know, would he be Ons if he wasn't on the shock? Would, Would he be Ons? Because, you know, like, it... It's why Overwatch is really interesting because there are so many strong pieces of each team, um, but if the coordination isn't there, it's not. It's gonna be a lot harder to win. So, yeah, congratulations to Shanghai. Congratulations, super, especially super, to their players. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very strong mentality. I mean, very championship caliber mentality. I'm, I'm honestly still surprised that last season didn't go. Not necessarily their way, but I'm surprised it was a Seoul SF Shock final. I still think Shanghai was at least the second strongest team. I think most people had them number one. So I think I think that's 100% true, and I think that's mm-hmm. why patches and things can just so change it. I I think that like you know while I commend Seoul for winning last or for doing so well last season in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, Shanghai was just so strong. And, you know, if they had had a Roadhog player, you know, there's a serious chance that the Shock don't even win kind of thing. I think oh, I very, very final, very final thing to mention. Uh, as yes. as I know you hate the character Roadhog, uh, we did see Fearless on the Roadhog on Eichenwald for I think about two minutes. So that's that was, why they lost. Actually, that's just, that's just why they lost the series. Was that is that Eichenwald. Yeah. It's like, hey, Dallas, I know you're really great at everything, and you brought up, like, this really fantastic fight, but, like, you played the worst character, even for a few minutes, um, and that's, you kind of deserve to lose. But that's just my passionate hatred of that character. <laughs> this is all a joke. Uh. <laughs> I I was I was very curious to see your reaction. As soon as I, I didn't know you weren't watching it live, so that's why I was texting you. Uh, I but... remember getting that text about him going on to Roadhog, and I just like I oh I did open it up on my phone and catch little pieces, mm -hmm. and then when I rewatched it, I just kind of went, but like why? Like I get that you're trying to figure something out and you're feeling a little desperate, like but Roadhog, like I just run a double sh like run a double off tank meta over Roadhog, like. Just don't run Roadhog. Then you'll win. Case case closed. <laughs> case closed. Peace. Case closed. All right. Well, <laughs> congratulations to the Shanghai Dragons. Uh, however, I think now it's time to transition to the Summer Showdown. I think this will be a lot more interesting, especially so because with no hero bands, I think scrims are going to be a little stronger, at least in regards to seeing what the meta will be. And I think, I think maybe week one will be a little stronger in regards to the action that we might see, since I know that the first week of the June Joust was full of upsets. And I don't, I, I think we, I mean, I mentioned this many times, the upsets were not based on the skill of the teams. It was based on what hero, you know, it was based on the hero selection screen. And so I think, I don't know if you agree with or disagree on that, but... You know, I think this will be a very interesting meta. Yeah, I don't... I don't disagree that some of the upsets were more sort of, like, hero selection-based and not so much talent. Um, but I think a lot of the upsets as well kind of came from, like, teams that we did also expect to be strong or had sort of, like, inclinations that they were going to be a good team. Um, I don't think it was like, you know, it would have been a different story if somehow Vancouver came from like not winning anything to like, you know, 3-0-ing Boston or something. Um, uh, <laughs> like, you know, that's a, a attainable thing, but I, I think that would have indicated that clearly the meta is, is some, is an impact. Whereas I think, you know, you had Paris upsetting during the, the June joust. Um, and I don't think that was just because of the meta. I think it was that Paris was starting to actually find its feet a little bit. Um, and Paris generally did have a strong team and does have a strong team and like could do something with it. Um, if they're able to sort of continue to stabilize and figure out their stuff. Um, but I agree. I'm really excited to see no hero pools. Um, I think, I think things will be slightly more predictable 
if if you can get a sense of the meta before the games um like who's the first match that we get to watch i'm very curious i'm really excited to see sort of like the shock play um i'm excited to see uh dallas play and the outlaws and the strong teams but i'm also like i think because i i want overwatch to get more exciting i think um i would be really fun to see sort of the other teams um losing my train of thought sorry while i'm talking um i think it would really really fun to watch sort of the bottom teams uh find a little bit more of their footing like you know for me as a vancouver titans like you know by association fan i would really like to see vancouver titans win a map like that's that's what i'm coming into the energy of the summer showdown i'm like no more three o's I don't want to see three O's. I want to see every team be competitive because they have the ability to play what they're comfortable with. Um, so I think that is sort of my hope. I also think that the most recent sort of patch, um, I think there's going to be some implications, mainly the Echo uh, nerf, which thank goodness, uh, I, I hope it goes further. I hope they continue to nerf her a little bit. I love the character, but holy the amount of diva bombs that we saw in the june just i would never like to see that ever again <laughs> so i think it's gonna be i'm really really excited to get into this tournament right also to answer your question the first match will be between the london spitfire and the paris eternal which i think are pretty low caliber teams currently for sure. So like in that in that match, like I'd like to see London take a map because right now my prediction is like Paris is going to three of them because I think Paris is just the fundamentally better team. Uh, but I'm like, London, you could change my mind. You could win a map because currently I rate London under Vancouver in a very hot take. Um, but the second match of the day is, very is like one of the best. I think it's going to be one of the best of like this whole tournament season. So right i think well i'll be curious to see how the spitfire do only because their dps whose name i'm totally forgetting on the top of my head who was underage but was playing with them in contenders when they were the british hurricane is now going to be on the team so a lot of people have been rating him highly so i i don't think that will really change much about the London Spitfires changes. Like, I don't think they're going to magically qualify for the Summer Showdown. But hopefully, maybe they win a map. Maybe they win a series. I think Paris will still win this series very handily. Though I, I don't want to go into every matchup. Uh, I, I still think I'll be curious with the SO Shock LA Gladiators game. It will be like... Because if you if you think about it right now, the LA Shock, the LA Shock, the LA Gladiators <laughs> and SF Shock are the very strong, like regular season teams, but they're not really showing up in the the playoffs. So how will they do in like a normal? How are they, how are they going to do it in their strongest category right now? Mm-hmm. So, I, okay. you know, my sort of expectations from the the season i think what we will get a sort of settling of the meta um but probably closer to again what happened with the main melee which was like around the time of the knockouts um and so what i would like 
personally to see is uh, I would like to see San Francisco or basically every team play what they have, what their strengths are. So, you know, for I'm going to use Shock as my example here. Um, I want to see Shock running Strike Round Tracer again. I want to see some Rhine. I want to see some Zarya. I want to see like, you know, maybe even some Anna. I want to see Twilight in there because I think there's a lot of components that are really strong and I want to see them try things and I want to see them experiment a little bit so that when the meta settles, all of those components have had playtime, you know, so they're not just going to like show Glister up at the last moment and he's not going to get any playtime uh, because they played Violet or something and they were like, you know, all of those things, like play all of your components, give them time, figure out what's going to happen um, with the meta early enough so that when it does, you know, actually get to, um, you know, that defining uh, those, those knockouts, they have a better sense of the meta and they're able to sort of adapt to whatever is going to come at them because you know while the la gladiators will probably give them you know a strong showing uh their second match is against london and i think that game against london is the perfect opportunity to not troll but try things that you want to try in an actual match setting but don't want to risk against a gladiators or an outlaws or a reigned kind of team so I that's what I want to see and I kind of want to see a lot of teams sort of experimenting and figuring out what they want to do with the meta what they want to what are their strengths what are they going to be able to play um because each tournament has shown that just because you think the meta is one thing if you're not adaptable enough and you and another team comes at you with something else and you don't know how to be prepared for that you're going to get your ass kicked and so that's where I want to see them is try things be ready to be adaptable be ready for things to come at you that you're not expecting um and then you're gonna have a much easier time adapting when you know you have Dallas coming at you with a sim or Shanghai comes at a torb or a ball and you have these weird metas that you're not expecting you know that you're you're almost prepared for them because you've tried to prepare for everything I agree. I think this this new meta will be interesting. I don't I still don't really know where it's going to go. I we did see some nerfs to BAP. I don't really think it changes anything, especially in since you mostly see Baptiste in shield like only shield metas, like he's not playing in dive, he's not playing in like the Ball Diva, the Ball Sigma comps. Do you, yeah, so do I think that like the bat changes are gonna really affect anything? Not really. I think Moira was needed, uh, but I, I don't know what you think. But I, I don't think Moira was necessarily the issue. I think Moira was being played because that was just the strongest hero in this meta. Um I think I think mm -hmm. Moira was run because she had the synergy with the Lucio that we've seen in previous seasons. I agree. Um yeah. and so people were comfortable with that. But I, I think the Moira change overall was not even for the league. Like, I think you can say some of these are due to the league. I think the Moira one was just an overall change that needed to happen. Um, because Moira is just dominant and ranked and quick play and all that. I agree. I Overall, I, do, I don't really think we'll see Zarya much. 
I think people were expecting Zarya more in this tournament, but they keep nerfing Zarya, and I think maybe that's only for competitive play. I don't really know if that's the Overwatch League. I I don't think we'll really see like I don't see, think we'll see Reaper that much at all. I don't really. Do you, do you really envision a thing with Reaper? Any not with, any meta? Not with Tracer being back in the pool. I think Tracer right. and Somber are both just better heroes. So I think, yeah. Like I, you know, I think you make a good point. I don't know if how much the Zarya change is going to affect it. Um, you know, we could see that we go back to a brawl, um, but they haven't changed Monkey. And we've seen a lot of monkey this this overall, you know, Overwatch season. Um, and so I would not be surprised if we saw Double Bubble and we saw Dive again. Um, and we just sort of like, we rotate back in the heroes that are actually good in that, which is, you know, Diva, or, uh, Diva Zarya, um, and then obviously bringing in uh, Tracer is going to make like, you know, they'll be able to slot that back in. I want to see Hitscan. I know this is like a weird sort of like, you know, hot take. I want to see a Hitscan meta uh, only because I think we haven't seen one. And I think some teams are getting a ride. They're, they're getting a little bit of a free pass because we haven't seen a Hitscan meta. Um, like I love Dallas and I think they're doing great and I'm excited to see them. Um, but they've been very lucky in the fact that there is no hitscan meta. Um, and if there is going to be one, they need to figure that out. And I think Dallas is a good team, so I think they will be able to figure it out. But I want to see them have to figure it out. So that's, I'm hoping we'll see some more hitscan. Right. I, in hitscan meta, I'll be very curious. I think Shanghai, I think they definitely were a little lowered just because of DM's retirement. Uh, I think they're still very strong. I think Fleta, even if he he's not a hitscan specialist, I think he's still very strong on hitscans, as we saw when he was playing Soldier. Overall, well, all right. Final question of the meta. Do you think that they will stick to one comp, or will it be? do you think it will be map-dependent? I think it's going to be map-dependent, um, and not even just map-dependent. I think it will be a varied meta just because I think teams have showed that you can't get comfortable with one thing um, because if you do get too comfortable you get predictable um, and I think that's like if I was gonna say one thing you don't want to be in the Overwatch League this season is predictable uh, because if you are teams will figure out what you're doing wrong and they will punish you uh, and that's fairly true of all the top tier teams like Shanghai figured out what Dallas was doing wrong because Dallas was doing the same thing over again and then they made it and then they you know they pushed those little cracks and they were able to make Dallas fall so I think overall I really want to see just a, a varied meta with lots of different things not just because I think that's what the meta is going to depend on but because I think that's what you have to be in the league right now right right well, all right, so let's shift from the meta and let's talk about, you know, different storylines within the Overwatch League that are coming up that, you know, maybe we need to have some answers for. First things first, as an F SF Shock fan, fan, I are they going to win a tournament? Do you think they're going to win a tournament? 
If so, is it going to be this one? Is it going to be the playoffs? I think, think it the has to do? be. I think it has to be this one. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the shock. I don't think the shock can go on to three P if they do not win this or at the very least get to the tournament. Because right now they have gotten to a tournament. They've been knocked out each time, and I you know I love them to bits. I think they're a fantastic team. Uh, but they they need to figure out what they're doing, and they need to have a little bit more strength in their adaptability. And um, I I think this is sort of I don't I don't want to say it's do or die because I think that's mm-hmm. a little dramatic, but um, I don't think it will look good if they aren't able to make it to the tournament this season or this tournament season. Right. Well, and I I do think it is important to note that I don't think it's possible for any other team to win out besides the doll seal to win out like the tournaments and then block the SF shock. If they're continuing on this pace of four owing and three wing three winning uh, each qualifying round. So I think that's going to be interesting to see like, what if they qualify just based off pure regular season runs? Like, how are they going to, are they going to pull off a soul where they pop off in the final final bracket? I mean, Sure, but like say it's Dallas Atlanta again, you know, Atlanta got third, and so Atlanta gets an extra point for the tournament, um, because just because the tournament like all each match doesn't count as a a regular sort of tournament point in how they sort of track the playoffs, um, but you know, the reason that Dallas is so strong and the reason that Dallas is going to likely like uh, I think is likely to. Be, join the playoffs is because they get four or like something like three or four extra points to their playoff standings um with a tournament win and so if you see atlanta get you know maybe even if, even if atlanta gets second that's going to make it even harder um because the playoffs so they i was reading up on this the play-ins they have like four teams from na and three teams from uh APAC go and play and then you get to the actual playoffs and that's it the, the playoffs are two teams from NA and the top um the top APAC team and that's who battles it out and so you're fighting for two one of two spots and if Atlanta's got you know tournament placements over shock you know 4-0ing isn't going to do anything Right, right. All right. Well, I I think they still have a chance. I'm gonna still stay I on do, my. I I, do think, I think they have that a chance, yeah. I think if they they need to stop playing around. I don't. I think they had a, a lot of issues. I I was re- watching. I think we mentioned this last week, but you know, a lot of people. I was talking about how they were playing second. They were playing very reactively, and I think they could do that in past seasons because they were just far just the far better team and i think i think they had better scouting on each team i think they were able to and maybe that was one of the coaches jobs that they they did the research and they showed okay this is what we need to do to beat each team and i i just don't think they have that this year and i think they're still i think player wise i still think they're the strongest team in the league but i just maybe think their coordination this year is a bit off but all right our next question as you mentioned dallas and shanghai is APEC just as strong as NA, as the West? 
I mean, in our outline, you wrote, lol, no. So, uh... We, we won't mention that here. <laughs> um, I think, I think APAC is strong. I just think, I think they, I mentioned this before, I think APAC has just been slow to adapt to the meta. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a real difference in their players. I just think that, you know, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's just the fact that they've got less people to scrim against. I just think that they've had a higher, harder time when going up against the NA teams. Uh, that being said, I think if you compare Shanghai to NA teams, like Shanghai beats pretty much all of them at this point. So, you know, just because APAC isn't as strong as NA doesn't mean that APAC isn't going to win at all. Kind of right. Well, do you think? Do you think that the spark, which I would argue, I. Yes, the NYXL beat them to qualify for the June Jest, but I don't really think that was on the NYXL. I think those I think it was on the NYXL for capitalizing on what the Sparks mistakes. But do you think the Spark would be let's say the Gladiators, which I think are arguably the third or fourth strongest team in the Overwatch League. And and NA wise. Do you think they would beat the Gladiators consistently? Yeah. I think that they would beat the Gladiators consistently, but I rate the Gladiators at a different spot. I put them more at 5th or 6th. Um, in NA or overall? No, in NA. Because mm-hmm. like, I shock outlines Dallas, Atlanta, Florida. Interesting. That, mm-hmm. that put Gladiators at 6th. Now, I think you can swap out Gladiators and, and uh, Florida a little bit, so like 5th or 6th. Um, mm-hmm. So I think definitely they could beat them, but I don't see them beating Outlaws. I don't see them beating Dallas. Um, I I think the Spark are strong. And I kind of said this of like I think APAC has a lot of those components. I just think mm-hmm. that right. NA maybe it's just because NA better has better like coaches or something. Like I think mm. I think <laughs> NA has fantastic coaches. I think right. that's that's probably one of their strength, uh, NA strengths is they've just accumulated a crazy amount of coaching uh talent and i don't know if na has that or apac has that to the same degree so right all right well moving on uh i believe you wrote this but since i i personally don't have any opinion on it beyond maybe will atlanta once again qualify for the knockouts what do you think i think they will i Mm -hmm. think I think Atlanta wants. Are you pulling it. my? Are you pulling what I said with the NYXL? Are they gonna? Are they gonna no, win the whole June tournament? I don't think they're gonna win the like. I don't think they're gonna win the summer showdown. Right. Um. But I think the fire that Atlanta has is is unmatched. Like I think that team wants it so badly <laughs> that I think. They're going to take this time, and given the fact that they don't have to adapt to a hero pool, um, I think they're just going to continue to sort of, like, work really hard. They're going to fight really hard. I don't even know if they make it to the tournament, but I think, you know, it's not going to be that, like, Atlanta's the bad team, or, like, Atlanta's, you know, beats the bad teams but can't win against the the top teams. I think Atlanta's going to be strong the whole time. I just think that there's a lot of strong players. Mm-hmm. so i i do i do really like kai i think kai is very strong i 
I think Pelican is very strong in regards to his mechanics, but I think a lot of people were giving him a lot of credit for his echo play. But I think that was more just a coaching decision on how the rain played. Um, like when he built his alt, I believe, versus the rain on, uh, what was it? Numbani, when he, he had built it before the first team fight had even, his duplicate before the first fight had even happened. Which was insane, I will mention that. Um, well, beyond that, as an Outlaws fan, do you think they're ever going to qualify? They keep making it to the, the, the qualifiers, but they don't, they just don't pull it through. I love them so much, and I think mm -hmm. they're such a fantastic team, and I think that this season has been so wonderful for them. That being said, no. <laughs> After, maybe, okay, well, that, sorry, I'll rephrase. Not this one. I mm -hmm. don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, maybe maybe it was the fact that, like, the hero pools, like, they were just weren't comfortable with the hero pools, and maybe this will be theirs, and the next one won't. Um, but I, when I was watching the knockout games, there was just something that, like, I don't know, there was something about the Outlaws play that made me feel like they were a little bit disconnected and that they were sort of like that fire that you saw in the May Melee was dimmed a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think I, I want to say yes. I want to be like they're going to come out and like absolutely dominate the Summer Showdown because they're just going to run these strong things. But I think... The rotations of the subs and I think the lack of clarity around like Dreamer and Jangu and Jake and Juby is just not been beneficial for their team environment. And so I think they need to figure that stuff out um, before I'm going to be like, yeah, they're totally going to win or like get to a tournament or even win a tournament. So, you know, I want to. I need to buy some Outlaws merch. That's my next thing. But of course, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of where I'm at with the Outlaws. I love them to bits, though. I think they're I think they're trying so hard, and I think this has been a fantastic season for them. Interesting. I yeah, I think we'll see how the Outlaws will do, and I think we'll have all of the answers for our questions when the Summer Showdown starts. Which all this and more when the Overwatch League returns, June twenty fifth. And <laughs> going I love on, that line. I, I thank you, thank you. <laughs> you wrote it after all. I did. <laughs> I might cut. I might cut this part out, but it's fine. Keep it. I uh, like this part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep the. I'll keep the line, but maybe cut this part out, just so they don't. They don't. They won't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fine with editing it more. It's just like you know. <laughs> I just. I really wanted to say it because I kind of like. I like doing that announcer voice. It's so good. That's why I wanted you to say it. I wrote it thinking I'm like, Zach does a really good announcer voice. It's I why I want to be the really host bad. for Apex so bad. Could you imagine if I was the desk host for Apex? That'd be so it just, fun. It'd be so easy. Because I could just do be like, the Overwatch League is brought to you by T-Mobile. You know? <laughs> like, what was it? Like, uh, well, I don't know what Zoe says, but she says something like The Overwatch like that. League is presented by Cheez-It Grooves. <laughs> Cheez -It it's Grooves. a mind crunch. It's a mind crunch. <laughs> I my favorite is um uh you know brought to you by watson the official cloud sponsor of the overwatch league <laughs> <laughs> we're getting so sidetracked we have two things to cover let's do it all right let's do it i'm just i'm just 
marking down the edits. All right. And then I think transitioning to smaller topics, not related to specifically the Overwatch League, but Overwatch in general, they announced recently that they are going to have crossplay between all of the consoles, which still have, I think, some kinks to work out, like rules and regulations of how they want to do it overall. However, do you have any opinion? I don't know if you played Overwatch on console before PC, but do you do you think it's a good idea? Do you think PC gamers will just stomp on console gamers? <laughs> um, I've never played it on a console. I don't think it's bad on some consoles. Like, I think Overwatch... It, it's strange, but I think it's, like, on an Xbox or a PlayStation. I think it won't be terrible. Um, and the player base isn't big on this console, but I think the fact that there's going to be Switch players in the mix, you know, as a, as a beloved Switch uh, owner myself, uh, sounds horrifying because... Overwatch cannot run the game the way that a PC or an Xbox or a PlayStation can. Um, but I think it's really interesting. It's currently in beta just seeing how this sort of technology works. But they have pretty much refined the rules at this point. I was reading up on this before we started recording. Um, basically, console players can opt out. They're going to have to make a Battle.net account to be able to play cross-play. Um, PC can't opt out, which I think is uh, really, really weird. It actually might personally impact my playing of Overwatch. Um, you know, I'll try it, but I don't really know if I'm going to want to play Quick Play to the same degree. I might actually try and switch over to playing more ranked. Um, because it's not This was ranked. their plan all along. Yeah, they want to they want to put more people in rank, so they're like, <laughs> you gotta play the Nintendo Switch players <laughs> and destroy them <laughs> and absolutely destroy them. Um, but I think that is mm. it is a defining part of the sort of the crossplay is the fact that it, there's going to be no crossplay in ranked. So, well, can't you just imagine? Because I think that they are disabling all aim assist on consoles if they crossplay, and I just. I just can't imagine playing DPS uh, on a console versus, you know, someone who can basically perfectly shield because they're on a PC. We'll see. I I don't really know. I, I don't really know if there's really much to talk about it, only because there's it's not cross-playing and ranked as well. I think that's I think that was the only key feature. And I do I think it might be fun if we if we six stack with PCs and then just stomp everyone in quick play. I think that might be a little fun, but maybe a little <laughs> too mean, but we'll see. I am excited because my friend has only ever played play, uh, Overwatch on his PlayStation, so uh, we're finally going to get to play Overwatch together. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that. I think generally, um, I think it might bring the communities together a little bit more. Uh, you can make really weird, uh, you can make custom lobbies. Um Crossplay, which I think actually will be really fun if you can have people on PC making a bunch of like really crazy uh, custom lobbies uh, that actually apply more to, uh, you know, sort of uh, console players. I think that sort of crossplay will be interesting. And I think, you know, while it's not a super competitive move, um, I think generally 
will hopefully bring a little bit more enjoyment overall to some of the console players uh, who might want to play with their friends. So I'm really hoping that it's going to be a positive thing. Uh, but that being said, it could be terrible and everyone will hate it and they'll get rid of it <laughs> or at least disable it for, you know, PC. They might disable it. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. At least I think they should give PC a choice. Like, I think that mm. I think there should be a choice and for everyone. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, in the final the final topic of tonight's podcast, we obviously know that overwatch league isn't going to be on every week and i think we only really have till september until it's completely over for the rest of the year uh and we also watch other esports we also we also think about other esports and so we want to you know briefly discuss one if anyone listening wants us to talk about specific esports please let us know uh and also we are working on the format of how that will look like if that will be separate episodes if that will be you know maybe one long recap episode i don't really you know it's all in the works and you can let us know at our twitter as we do and now have a podcast yeah, twitter, we're on uh, twitter which <laughs> we're we're officially on twitter we you can follow us at g as in gabe g as in gabe podcast five we currently don't have the GG podcast username, but we will work on getting that one. So yeah, just uh, follow us there. Please let us know what you think, what you want us to cover, and what you how you want us to cover it. Uh, and I think that is everything I have. Sabine, do you have anything else to mention? Uh, no, I think that covers everything. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about other esports because I. Uh, I'm slowly uh, being submerged into the Valorant world, um, and it's super interesting, so I'm excited to sort of talk about this stuff, um, and I'm excited to see, you know, what we come up with and what that format's, format's going to be, um, and yeah, please follow our Twitter. Uh, Zach, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me at the Zohan TTV on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Well, just the Zohan on YouTube, but you know, I don't think it matters that much. And where can they follow you, Sabine? Uh, you can follow me at the underscore bean one one three on Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok, uh, which of is course, obviously TikTok, right? the most important, uh, you know, most important app, and hopefully soon to be YouTube. Who knows? Maybe I'll get my <laughs> maybe I'll get my stuff together and learn how to edit stuff. Um, but yeah. Of course. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the God Awful Gaming Podcast, where the worst talk about the best. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, I sound way too.